This is episode 48. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Coming up, a conversation with the California State Fire Chief as the sun prepares to set on his long and eventful career, a 40-year career. Have you ever wondered how to gain the advantage in your fire service career? Well, listen to Kim Zagaris during this podcast and you'll get insights on that, as well as being a fire chief in one of the most ethnically diverse states, which just happens to have the fifth largest economy in the world. And even if you're not in fire service, his lessons can apply to just about any person in any career. Plus, California has a mutual aid system envied by states and countries around the globe. But how does the economic climate mesh with California's disaster climate? He'll talk about that and so much more right now. So today's guest of honor is uh, a man who can't wait to learn his first name. He's been called Chief for a long time. Uh, we're with uh, Cal OES State Fire Chief Kim Zagaris. Chief or Kim, thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Man, um, I noticed your involvement with Cal OES before I even joined Cal OES. I remember working at uh, one of the local news stations and watching you be grilled by the legislature over, I don't know, a policy or something. They were looking to you to find out as an expert, you know, I don't remember the exact uh, questioning, but I noticed they deferred a little bit to you. They they know that you are the man and that you've got the answers. What was it like having to deal with the legislature in your position? Uh, you know, um, legislature is, is, has oversight over us and uh, – you know, they'd like to tell you they're our boss, and to some degree they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're looking for answers. Sometimes uh, they think that they have them, or you know, they've got information. And um, it's always interesting. I've been lucky. Um, I try never to go into uh, any hearing that I don't have the facts, mm-hmm. and I try to make sure that uh, uh, I have good, strong facts to back up our our conclusions or our or answers to some of their questions and i've had a i've had some good times and <laughs> i've had some less good times but uh you know one of the things i i think uh it just goes with it uh it is very humbling and honored to both serve the agency but also serve the california fire service and talk about our great fire and rescue mutual aid system i I think uh, one of the things I've I've grown to enjoy over time um, lately is that been around long enough that most of the staff and a lot of the long-term legislators know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of good when I sit down at, at the hearing and they're sitting up a little higher than we are and I put down my computer and open it up and it says, be nice. I see that, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and the smile I get from them and, and you know, one of them goes, is that for us? And I said, of course it is. Of course, of course. So, um, but That's you know, good. it's um, we're there to try to give them some answers, and um, in some cases, maybe it's regarding uh, um, you know a, a disaster or an incident that we've responded to. And the other end, maybe it's 
us with our hand out asking for funds uh, uh, to manage and do our job uh, for the people of the state and mm-hmm. uh, citizens we serve. Absolutely. Now, you said you've been around long enough. Uh, how long have you been around uh, Cal OES? Um, I've been with Cal OES 30 of my 40 fire service years. Wow. Okay. All right. Where'd you get started? I actually got started uh, up in Shasta County. Um, I got started uh, up there for the Shasta County Fire Department in Palo Cedro, uh, California. Um, I was lucky enough to, uh, after I got out of the service uh, out of the United States Army, um, I was uh, able to work under a program called CETA, Comprehensive Employment Training Act, Mm. in which um, uh, the federal government uh, paid uh, the local agency for my $750 a month, which I Ooh. thought I'd hit the big time. Yeah. And I uh, got a uniform and got to uh, go to emergencies. And uh, and back in those days, we had uh, emergency Johnny and Roy. and with uh, That's with, right. Uh, Squad 51, right? You got it. Yeah, I remember. That was one of my favorite shows. Are you kidding me? With John and Ponch. John- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I just saw a picture of those two recently. They... Uh, one of them has aged better than the other. I'm not going to say which, but uh, oh, I love that show. You could go to the store and buy the Squad 51 and Engine 51 helmets and uh, the emergency paramedic kits. T- today it's kind of interesting because I could go to a graduation and 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 you could ask these young kids, "Hey, have you ever seen emergency? You know, Johnny and Roy, and they, they get this blank look. Yeah, the what? <laughs> and, and, and and I tell them, I said, well, you should look it up on your on your smartphone because the reason why most of you have jobs is paramedics. Wow. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that show, and uh, and I think it did. That was really sort of the first television show, as far as I can remember, that focused on the firefighter. Right. Before that, it was all cops. You know, it was Dragnet. It was. Adam Dick Twelve, Tracy. Dick Tracy, Car yeah. Fifty One. Where it, are you? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but there was uh, that was an untapped mine shaft, if you will, an untapped wealth of drama. Did you see that kind of drama early on in your career? Actually, did did see a lot of it early on in my career. Yeah. Um, you know, I I look back in my early days, very you know, like I said, uh, uh, seven hundred fifty dollars wasn't even a lot of money back then, but it mm. was enough for me and. Uh, it was it was about the job more than it was about the money, and uh, I, I really enjoyed going to fires, going to emergencies, cats in a tree, whatever it was. <laughs> Were you an adrenaline junkie? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Are all firefighters adrenaline junkies, do you think? You know, I, I, I think probably in the early days, yes. I think yeah. today it, it's changed a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the folks that we have definitely – a well more balanced, educated group of people than uh, mm. back in my day. Mm-hmm. Back then, there was a, a lot of testosterone and and maybe not as much uh, brain power going on as there is now. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and, it, and the fire business has gotten a lot more technical now than it was. It is. It's um, you know it's a lot more than putting the wet stuff on the red stuff mm-hmm. or you know showing up with your 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 first aid kit and putting bandages on people. It's come a very long way, um, very good in, in a lot of ways, and um, a lot of technical, a lot of specialized capability. Um, you know, uh, public looks to call 911 and have their issues resolved, and uh, I think between fire and law uh, and EMS, we, we probably do a pretty good job uh, 
um, out there, and, but it has it's it's been a lot of changes in my time. Yeah, we'll come back to those changes in a moment. But what I want to know first is, how did you go from Shasta to end up at OES? You know, I went from uh, being on a uh, uh, in the CETA program, um, uh, left there, went to work for the federal government. I was with uh, I was there in Shasta County about five years, and um, left and um, went to the U.S. Bureau of Land Management and. Las Vegas, Nevada, and then oh, after yeah. a little while there, transferred to Carson City. I spent five years with BLM doing wildland fires and decided uh, uh, I didn't really want to uh, do the wildland thing all my life. I uh, wanted to get back to California and uh, put in for a job at OES, and I thought, well, a friend of me told me they were, they were doing hiring, and so I put in. I figured this would just be a stop and on my way to becoming a fire chief someplace, and uh um, lo and behold, I'd spend my next 30 years here, wow. and it's been a, um, a actually very rewarding, um, uh, interesting time uh, managing the state of California and working for the citizens, the the different governors, the different legislators, but ultimately really working for the California Fire Service and the citizens and visitors mm-hmm. of our great state. How long have you been the state fire chief? Um, I was appointed in April of first uh, of two thousand and one. Okay. Uh, back then, uh, Dallas Jones was the director of the agency. Uh, he had retired out of LA County as a firefighter, and he'd also been the union president. Uh, um, and our, our number two at that time was our current director, Mark Gallarducci. Mm-hmm. And they thought that it was time that I uh, step up and um, <clears throat> and provide some leadership. And I was. I was also doing our union stuff here and uh, very happy being assistant chief. So they twisted my arm and, <laughs> um, and lo and behold, I, uh, I, I stepped up and I always, I always use this line. My worst day in the field is always better than my best day in the office. Uh-huh, yes. As, as you could probably relate. I totally relate to that. Absolutely. So that was April of 2001, which was just a few months before 9-11. Did that impact you at, at that point in time? Time for a quick break. Coming right up, Chief Zagaris reflects back on 9-11, as well as what he learned when he first became fire chief at Cal OES. First thing I had to learn was when I walked in the office was there's a bunch of hand grenades that somebody pulled the pin, most were mine. Not a real warm welcome for Chief Z, apparently. So let's get back into our conversation with Kim Zagaris during that time he first became state fire chief here at Cal OES. It did. Um, you know, um, the time I was appointed, we were we'd gone through a couple fire chiefs. Um, um, we'd had some instability. We had one fire chief that uh, the fire chief I replaced, uh, uh, Mike Doherty, had actually done a pretty good job of stabilizing some of the issues. And uh, uh, I was surprised he was departing, and he wa- he also was interested in me stepping up as a fire chief. Mm. And um, in any case, I I learned a lot. And um, in fact, my first day in the job. Uh, I often tell people they sent out an announcement, and uh, I, I tell people I said I, I could almost hear hear the outcry. Oh my God, what are they thinking there at OES, <laughs> appointing him as chief? Really? And um, in any case, um, I've had to change uh, some of my style of how he done business. I, okay. I, I one of the jokes I always say. I said first thing I had to learn was when I walked in the office was there's a bunch of hand grenades that somebody pulled the pin. Most of them were mine. Oh. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I I learned a lot of what I didn't know about being the fire chief. Okay. And um, such as what? 
Well, it's just not as easy or okay. as simple as it may seem it is. Was it more political than you expected? A lot more political. Uh-huh. And um, in some cases, I don't get to, you know, I don't get all the freedom I thought I'd get being in charge. Mm. Um, I have to answer to the agency. I've got to answer to the fire service. Um, there are a lot of things both in California and nationally and internationally that we do. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a lot to learn. Uh, we had a busy fire season. Um, I was down a couple deputy chiefs at that time. Um, I used to come to work about 6 in the morning, get out of here about 10, 11 o'clock, get home. And, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I'd just gone through a divorce, and um, I was was so busy here that summer and with with a lack of people. I uh, had a spare room in the house where I had an office in there, and I moved the desk from the spare room into the bedroom and moved the dresser out of the way so I could, uh, when the fall, call, when the phone would go off or the pager would go off, I would just roll out of bed and into the chair, into oh. my desk, and onto the computer and, and take care of what needed to get taken care of. So Your job had taken over your life, it sounds like. Still has. Still has. <laughs> <laughs> just ask my wife. <laughs> so she's anxious for you to... Uh, right off into the sunset and and closer to her i would imagine at this point actually i tell you my whole family is um, yeah they're um you know more particularly probably for my wife at this point because um she still has to put up with the uh, calls in the middle of the night oh, yeah and getting woke up or still putting things on hold uh for the agency um mm-hmm. my son who's also a firefighter in Nevada, uh, he's an engineer there. Um, he'd tell you the same thing. He's ready. They're all ready for me after 40 years to mm-hmm. relax and enjoy life and um, and uh, see where the next the next level takes me. When do you see that happening? Uh, end of the year. I've, end of the year. End of the year. Um, working through it, you know, I've I've committed to the boss right now that uh, I'll stay till the end of the year and and um, but it, it you know that'll give me 41 years mm-hmm. into the system in October. And 41's enough. I've uh, stayed a lot longer than I actually had planned to stay okay. um, because of my relationship with the director and when he returned as the director this go-around. So let's talk about that. I know you you, you call him the boss, but you guys um, you guys are friends. I mean, you guys have been uh, colleagues for, what, 30, 30 years. years? Yeah. We've uh, we, uh, uh, He came to work a couple months after I did, and... Uh, we became friends early on, uh, probably right around the time we had Loma Prieta. We became mm. very good friends and um, stayed very good friends and uh, and uh, watched uh, our kids grow. We've watched uh, you know, trials and tribulations. We've lost parents. Um, you know, seen a lot of uh, a lot of changes. Uh, and uh, as I often tell people, as good of friends we are, we don't always agree on some things. You and, can't. Uh, yeah. And um, in some cases. Uh, um, I probably have a more uh, direct approach to him than some other people in the agency, but um, at the at the end of the day, he knows I have his back. He knows I have the back of the agency, and most of all, he knows I have the back of the fire service and the people we serve. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's important. You are someone that he can trust uh, to tell him like it is, and he, you know, people in his position as well as people in your position don't need yes men and women. They need people who can tell them the truth. Uh, whether they want to hear it or not, so that they can be more effective in what they do, right? Yep. Yep. They surely do. Yep, yep. So looking back over your 30 years at Cal OES, is there any one or two experiences, uh, events, whatever that may be, that really stand out in your mind as being the one that you bring up, a story that you bring up and tell people, whether you're at a conference or whether you're just sitting around the campfire, 
What is that story that you tell that really kind of explains your career, what you faced, and how you dealt with it? You know, I actually, I actually just spent uh, 19 days in New Zealand and Australia. Huh. And um, one of the things I tell them is how, I, is how I started in the fire service. And I was often tell them that I was, uh, one night I was coming home uh, after I'd closed the pub. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was headed home and uh, um, I could see a large glow in the sky. And as I got closer, I said, well, it looks close to my apartment. And I'm um, sure it was. And um, and as I as I turned in uh, and pulled off uh, in this in this uh, parking lot where the fire was going on, a fire engine rolls in, starts laying hose. Next thing is some firefighters are, you know, yelling at me, and I find myself in the end of a hose. Oh, wow. And I'm squirting water, and I'm doing it for probably 15, 20 minutes. And firefighter, you know, comes up behind me. Hey, let's move the hose. Let's get closer to the fire. So we get a little bit closer, and he starts asking me, "Hey, who are you with?" I said, "What? Who are you with?" He says, what do you mean? He says, what fire department with us? I said, oh, with the fire department. He says, get off the hose. <laughs> and, and I often tell people that, uh, you know, I thought about it after that uh, that evening and I decided that, hey, this is kind of cool. I'm going to go check this out. And I put my GI Bill to use that, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, I know the, the – Folks in the service today don't have the GI Bill the way I did, but yeah. uh, that's why I kind of started. But you know, um, to be real honest, I've had a lot of good, memorable experiences, and yeah. um, and we've sat here before. I think you know I could tell you about uh, um, and when we went to Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and uh, um, how it, it personally impacted uh, me and uh, really changed a lot uh, internally in me uh, dealing with that emergency. No different than the Oakland Hills fire in, in 1991 and. Who would have thought we'd have had a fire that would have been bigger and more, more destructive than that? And then we go through the 2017 fire season, and we have the northern fire siege and the fire in the south. And, uh, you know, I've, I've come to learn that um, in the state of California, and, and, and we cover about 160, almost 164,000 square miles, 250 miles across, Huge. 700 miles long, some of the most diversified uh, geography anywhere in the world. And uh, some demographics that it scare almost anybody. 180 dialects alone in the LA basin, and we touch and do more things than um, most people would ever imagine. And it's always amazing when you when I go talk uh, out of state, and you know, you guys in California, how do you do it? And I said, I don't know. I so said, you grow up in it, like we do everything else, and uh, you learn. Um, it's like anything else, and. Uh, you know, and right now I tell people, I said, man, we're at 40 million population. I said, at one time we were the sixth largest economy in the world. Uh, we went, we ended up back at number eight, um, and now we're at fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, back uh, around, uh, uh, I think it was April or May, we eclipsed um, um, UK and became the fifth largest economy in the world again, as mm-hmm. things go. Mm-hmm. So it's truly an amazing state with uh with those issues and to manage but uh we have such a great uh, emergency management and mutual aid system none like anywhere else in the world but uh we're uh we're struggling to maintain it in today's day with all the uh all the things that we do in state government and local government and our federal partners another quick break when we continue chief z elaborates on this struggle facing california's mutual aid system also we all make mistakes it's to what degree you make them uh i've been suspended twice in my career hmm, what happened there whatever it was he bounced back now back to kim zagaris and california's mutual aid system 
and the struggles he and other leaders are facing to keep it on the front burner. So what is the struggle? You know, since I came here, it seemed as though it just got stronger and stronger. Everything that I'm seeing and hearing, it seems as though, you know, we're, we're proud of the system that we have. But it apparently, from your perspective, there's a challenge to keep it that way. You know, I, I would tell you that our, you know, that it's all about budgets for our local government partners, which, which is the heart of how we have resources. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I think um, we're working through those. We've definitely targeted some items um, even before the 2017 fires and mudslides. Um, a real need to modernize. Um, we've been very fortunate. We've uh, had some good budgets that were being supported. We've. And we've seen an up an uptick in number of full-time staff, not only in fire and law, but in our regions, elsewhere in the agency. I don't know that I've I could tell you that I've seen the agency, we just got about 150, 160 new positions. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd ever see that. Um, you know, I've seen that in the past. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard work by the team, but uh, I'll tell you, you know, everything we do here, we do on behalf of our local government partners, our state partners, and to make uh, things better for the state. So we're making adjustments, and I would tell you, at least on my side, um, it's good to have more people to throw yeah. at uh, the different issues and staffing. Also brings new challenges and issues for us. And uh, Of course. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been good. We've uh, seen an influx in uh, new equipment. Um, we're just putting 12 hazmat units in service. Um, the governor just signed a new budget uh, for um, – uh, 1819 that'll bring us 25 million dollars uh for some additional staff and uh, 100 and about 106 new engines expansion wow to finally round out the uh, blue ribbon recommendation so um it's good on the same end uh i've got my local government partners looking for 100 million dollars uh for pre-positioning staffing and uh, that has been totally decided mm. and um, uh, it's not without challenges um but uh it's exciting and uh Yet, uh, and we know how important prepositioning is. All you have to do is look to the the Thomas fire, and and then the Montecito slides that happened after that. Uh, we know that there were. I mean, and I'm just talking about literal prepositioning, having those teams who had come from Southern California to Santa Barbara stationed with the anticipation that these muds were going to go, and sure enough, the next day they did, or that night they did. So. Prepositioning literally uh, teams is is critical. Let alone now talking about expansion of of staff and teams around the state uh, to to really fortify that mutual aid uh, that we're so proud of and and we know how important that is. So talking about people, then when you look back and you and you know everybody has a mentor, everybody has someone who has had some kind of an impact on their life their careers. For you, who is that person? Or maybe there's more than one person. Actually, there's more than one person. More than one person has shaped my career here, at least at OES. Um, early on, um, um, our fire chief, who actually was only our second fire chief at OES, mm. a gentleman named uh, uh, Dick Barrows, uh, had been the, was fire, our fire chief for 18 years. Mm. Um, he, he taught me a lot about our mutual aid system and uh, fire scope and why we did things and how we did them. In fact, uh, uh, up until uh, this last year, I used to be able to pick up the phone and when I have an issue or need something historically that I actually didn't have, he oh. was actually there and you'd pick up the phone and and it, you know it'd be twenty minutes doing a catch up of what's been going on and then okay okay kid, what'd you call <laughs> what, for? What you need? <laughs> and 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 he you know give me a little background and and he always always lead me with 
Well, he says, hope I helped you. Oh, at the end, like I always tell you, that's why you're the chief. You'll make the right decision. Right. And um, and he was always there to do it. Um, one of our deputy chiefs, a couple of our deputy chiefs over time, um, uh, be real honest with you, when I was first hired by the agency, uh, gentleman being Bill Worth had a lot of knowledge about our fleet and stuff. He's kind of a gruff old guy. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill shared and taught me some things. Um, another guy... Um, 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 who ran our fire scope program at the time, um, also shared with me um, um, the whole fire scope world. Um, I was actually lucky enough, too, to – I've been through most of my deputies. I've been here so long. I've been through several of uh-huh. my deputies four or five times. Uh, uh-huh. I've had some really good people, people like uh, Bob Prater, who um, had been with our, our fire scope program in the early years. And when I hired him, he just come from being the fire chief at Camp Pendleton. So, and he's still a great mentor to me. Hmm. Uh, uh, Steve Gage, who'd come out of Kern County as a fire chief to come to work for us, my operations chief. Uh, Kurt Latipow, who was my admin chief at one time. So I've actually had quite a few uh, folks that I've leaned on and mm-hmm. uh, who have helped uh, make me, uh, I think, a better fire chief. So when you came into the position, did you realize how important those people were going to be? No. Yeah. But, you know, real quickly you learn that um, – you don't know everything you you, you think you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been blessed that they were there to reach out to. Um, I can always tell you that uh, um, I kind of I kind of laugh right now. I've got a got one of my people internally that's interested in being the next chief, and I tell them, "Well, if you're the next chief, I'll be available by phone, and and I'll put the meter down when you call, and uh, you know, and hopefully be a resource to you like anybody else." And that's what I actually hope to do. You know, down the road, I I'll still care about the organization. Um, and I, my, my heart and soul's in fire and rescue. I actually, my heart and soul's in the agency. When, um, when the agency needs something, we turn and burn for it. And uh, I provide a lot of uh, knowledge and background for the for the executive office mm-hmm. on different things. And uh, again, uh, it's the job we do here together as a team, um, not just fire, but. Uh, uh, every part of the organization, uh, all the way to the people that are in accounting and, and logistics and do our procurement, and as the boss would say, one team, one fight. That's right. And and that goes to show you, quite honestly, the quality of people that uh, are here at OES, because if you didn't have – if you didn't have the the relationships that you have, if you didn't have the feelings about the people you work with that you do have, I don't think your your commitment to the agency would be as strong because those people are the ones who they embody OES. Those are the ones that make OES what it is. Um, and And I have to say that uh, out of all of the places that I've worked, um, throughout my career in television, twenty years in television, the military before that, um, I have never seen a mo- more cohesive and one team, one fight mentality than I have since I've come here. I mean, honestly. So moving forward then, obviously these are people who have had uh, an impact on your career. And despite all of the, uh, the the positive forces that we have around us with the people that we have around us, obviously we're human. We're all going to make mistakes at some point. Is there one mistake when you look back and you go, ah, I wish I could have a mulligan for that one, but you must have learned something from it. Well, is there one thing that stands out in your mind that's kind of been the burr in your saddle? All right, last break. I promise. Coming up, 
Chief reflects on both his successes and the agencies. Plus, watching the cleanup that's gone on from the fires and the mudslides, and we've moved at just light speed compared to some other places in the country. That's about leadership. Kim talks about the next challenges for Cal OES and his replacement. And what's he going to do with all that free time once he punches out for the last time? Let's find out. You know, I, I, I could tell you, I, we all make mistakes. It's to what degree you make them. And I, I tease around sometimes because um, um, <clears throat> you, you, can't, you can't take them back. Mm -hmm. They are what they are, and you mm -hmm. have to live with them. Um, and some of them, you know, um, I think really – uh, to me, if we if, if if we if we do things right, then we learn from them and it makes us a better person. Now, I won't tell you what I did, but I can tell you this: that um, uh, I've been suspended twice in my career, not while I was with the agency, but mm. prior to coming to the agency. I can tell you one time I deserved it, and one time I didn't deserve it. Okay. Um, but I can tell you this: that um, you know you, you learn real quickly. You know, uh, people who are mentors and friends to you, who they are. And I can tell you this, that um, – and it helps shapes me when I deal with my employees today um, because sometimes when you're, when you're trying to uh, do behavioral changes in people, uh, they look at it negatively, and I, and I can laugh, and I, I tell them, I said, you know, sometimes I said, you know, we've all made mistakes and uh, shouldn't be afraid to admit them. Um, at some point, I said – I, and I, I share with them, you know, I've been suspended twice, and I tell the story, I've been, you know, one time I deserved, one time I didn't. But I said, uh, I said, during both those times, I said, my benefits stayed intact, and it still counts towards my retirement. Mm, good attitude. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and I tell most people, I want to I correct where we're at, get you on the road to being better. Um, I prefer, if we can, to, you know, to, to, look, to look forward not look at the past and, 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 and try to think how I can do things better. And uh, I know that's how I personally done it. And uh, I hope uh, mm -hmm. I, I still learn from some of my mistakes. And um, I try to pass those along to my staff and, uh, and how we deal with our employees yeah. each and every day. That's not easy. And I think good leadership uh, can do that. It's one thing to be a boss and a supervisor, but it's a whole nother thing to be a, a leader. And I think that's a excellent quality. So if you're out there looking to uh, be a good leader and you know you're you're taking courses and you know you're you're doing the seminars and all that that's one thing that I think um, folks should keep in mind is you know how do you turn that negative into a positive and 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 help those people that you're leading to we, make that change. We actually have a responsibility to take care of our employees. Yeah. If if they're our greatest asset then um, we have a responsibility to listen to them. Uh, hear them, try to um, look at both sides. I always tell my I always tell my supervisors there's two sides to every story, and somewhere in between is probably the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I kind of look at it and be real honest with you. I look back. We've helped some of our employees be able to go to college, get a degree. I've watched some of them move on, move up. It's been really exciting uh, out of that process. And uh, unfortunately, I've also had to terminate some employees and. Um, one of our uh, our previous chief legal counsels, she reminded me, she says, you know, we're not firing them. They're firing themselves. And um, still, it's not fun. It's not easy. You know, I like I like a I like a win-win where we can come in and resolve them. And, um, you know, whether my employee's got a, a personal issue and we need to help them on a personal side, 
go out of my way to try to you know do things. I've found that uh, fortunately I've had um, we've also lost some of our employees. Had some of my employees that we've lost due to health related issues mm. uh, for job related uh, uh, diseases, and uh, those are probably the ones that uh, are the hardest ones that I've had to deal with. Um, and I still deal with their families, and uh, unfortunately, I still deal with the widows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they, they won't they'll be part of me for as long as I'm here. You know, and I'll tell you one of the things, not just me, but I'm very proud that we have the building that we have here today. I started out in, an, in the old building down off Meadowview that uh, I've seen the pictures. Was, was a temporary Ooh. building at the time, and, uh, and most people would say it suited the state well for 50 years. Uh, but it was really nice to get to this building. Um, so, I, you know, I look at it. I'm very proud. Um, I'm very proud of um, what we've been able to do within Fire and Rescue as an example with our fleet. Um, when I took over, um, we were behind replacement cycle. Um, we've been able to get, get it up on a replacement cycle. We've expanded the fleet. We've done a lot of good things there. Um, so we've really improved. Um, uh, mutual aid systems gone further and longer than we've thought it uh, would have, at least in my time. It's, I think last year we're just under $300 million in reimbursement to mm. them uh, for response to both in-state and out-of-state. Uh, um, it's really it's really been an interesting time watching technologies and everything else, but uh, I've – I really, it's it's been it's been really interesting watching it. Uh, we've especially we've gone from the Office of Emergency Services and now have in Homeland Security. Um, so we've brought a lot of new uh, responsibilities we've absorbed into the organization. Mm-hmm. All very good, all uh, uh, important. Um, but I think probably one of my our better accomplishments is is really what we've done internally with staff. Um, at least I know at my end, I've got some people who are very sharp, um, you know, that, that will be here long after I'm gone. And those are the things I hope, uh, you know, people say, man, what are we going to do when you're gone? And I said, you know, I don't know, but I'll show you this with you. As I tell them, I said, place is here when I got here, and I'm sure it'll be here when I leave. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and I'm, I'm yeah. convinced of that. And I, I hope my legacy is that uh, I leave some really good people here. And I don't think that... Uh, you know, people go, well, how the next chief? I said, next chief shouldn't have to worry about me. Next chief should focus on doing his job and doing it well. And that's and when when I came out of the region and oh, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to the chief's region. That'd be tough to, you know, follow him behind him. And I remember telling one of the ACs that took it, I said, just do your job. And I said, that'd be me. You'll be fine. And I think uh, you can probably relate just in the newscasting business is that you don't need to follow him behind somebody. You just need to do, do your job, do it well Good and well. do it. And I think all of us take a little bit of something from somebody else and maybe adjust our style or, or improve on the style that they had and and um, not try to one-up anybody. It's just trying to do it better and, and, and be uh, feel good about what we did in the time we were here. For sure. And, you know, looking forward then, uh, obviously, you're not going to be here forever. The end of the year is, is when you'll punch the clock and, and walk out. Um, what do you see as – the thing that um, is going to challenge Cal OES? You know, to be honest, I, I, I think we're already experienced some of it. We've got a couple exec positions that will be leaving. Uh, we've built a really good team. And mm-hmm. next governor uh, coming in has got a, got a tough assignment. Um, we've really expanded uh, our capability. Uh, I'll tell you this. Response, I always tell people, is the easy side. And even though it's a, it's, it's, 
it's a tough and important side of it. The recovery takes longer, and, and I'll tell you this, watching the cleanup that's gone on from the fires and the mudslides, and we've moved at just light speed compared to some other places in the country. And that's about leadership. It's about the hard work the people on the ground are doing. <clears throat> a lot of cooperation at the local, state, federal level, and with the contractors and working with the homeowners. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as, a, as I, I said earlier, I, I <clears throat> was down under you know sharing people uh what we've been through this last year and um uh, a lot of what i've got just showing some of the videos that we this agency you have put together mm-hmm. on some of the different things and uh, uh it's really it's really interesting to watch and especially after you watch them over and over mm-hmm. um but those are the challenges that somebody's going to have to come here and, and, and how to step it up the next notch. Because I tell you this, there's an expectation that we're going to pick it up and we're going to continue to do those things. So I think those are the challenges. Mm-hmm. Budget will eventually become a challenge. It always is. Government lives on a, uh, it lives on a roller coaster with budgets. They're good. They're not so good. They're never just flat. Um, so, right. you know, as quickly as somebody gives you something, there'll be somebody coming to take it away. And then how do you... How do, how do you adjust? And it's kind of like building up for an emergency with the incident command system. Going to be prepared to demob it or go down that path. So I I think it'll be hard. I think uh, we've got a lot of good successes. And um, I just want to make sure whether I'm here or not, I'll be watching from the outside to see how I can help the agency and assist in anything, any way possible. So maintaining that, uh, that, that financial dedication, uh, does your position – essentially boil down in some regards to being a lobbyist for the department? Do you go in front of the legislature and say, listen, you've seen the damage. You've seen what this agency is up against every single year, and it's only gotten worse over the last four years. Every year it seems to get worse and worse. Does that help you fight for the funding that this agency needs? Yeah. I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, and whether I'm out up there testifying or Reggie calls and says, "Hey, I need you to come down to the Capitol. We need a, I need you, need you to talk to some legislators. I need you to come in the governor's office." And you know, those are all things we do. Mm-hmm. It can be here in state, or it can be, "Hey, we need you to go to D.C. with us and testify." Okay. And a number of different things. Uh, it's working with our surrounding states and everybody else that's involved. And you know, it's important. <clears throat> You're trying to convince these people who are writing the checks and hold the purse strings that it's important for us to have this money, and that that's what you do. You explain. You tell the facts. It, it, one of the little, one of the little known things most people don't see. It's not just what we need here, but we also spend time with the other state agencies that are responding with us to help support them and their budget mm. requests and allocations. Again, um, <clears throat> you know the the director meets on the fourth Thursday of every month with, at a minimum, the uh, adjutant general of the National Guard, CAL Fire Director, CHP Commissioner, sometimes with corrections and anybody else they feel they need to, whatever they're working on. And again, it's working together in that, in, in that tight-knit group, um, looking after everybody, looking after all the things we do. Shoot, we're, you know, we've testified in support of, uh, of uh, uh, Cal EPA and, and the recycling and the things they've helped with the cleanup. Those are all things that, you know, when we respond as a state together, um, things we, we need to do. So those are the, those are the really neat things uh, that go on behind the scenes that mm-hmm. nobody has a clue um, what it does. And, and it's kind of interesting because sometimes I remind people, 
well, you know, under the Emergency Services Act. I said, well, you need to read the Emergency Services Act. And, I, and they go, what do you mean? I said, um, this agency has a lot of authority under that, under that document. And I said, it's the law. And I said, it's not only to, to, to respond to an emergency, but it's to mitigate a potential emergency even before it happens, mm-hmm. which we can task somebody's resources, people, equipment, their budget to do on behalf of the governor and the legislature. So it brings a lot of power. And I would, I would tell my staff, I say, you need to read. And I tell all of our, anybody that I talk to, the Emergency Services Act is our sword. And in the back of it, nobody need, they ever reads it all the way to the back, but violating the Emergency Services Act, punishable by fine or imprisonment or both. Mm-hmm. Um, the state emergency plan is like our Bible. And um, you know, puts the procedures in place, and if you violate the Emergency Services Act, then we'll get you. But you know, again, um, it's it's a lot about knowing where things are, how they work. Mm-hmm. Um, I often remind people that uh, you know that um, um, the state's unique in the fact that local governments are political subdivisions of states. And somebody go, "Well, no, they're really not." And I go, "No, they really are." What do you mean? I said. You ever seen a legislature take your money in the closing hour of a legislative session? Yeah. I said, huh, guess you are a political subdivision of state. So I often tell my I'll tell folks, I said, also read the Constitution of State and know how we're set up because mm. it's very interesting reading. And uh, those are all the things I learned from some of the uh, people when I first came to work here. Yeah, great advice because I think a lot of people <clears throat> who uh, end up in a position like yours may just sort of forget about that or take, you know, take it for granted. Only as good – as you know, or you can put your hands on the documents uh, to share people. Excellent. Yeah. So you're going to, like I said earlier, you're going to be walking out of this office, punching the clock and saying, bye-bye. What do you have planned? Are you going to go on a vacation, a long one, or are you going to buy a yacht and just cruise off into sunset? What are you going to do? What do you got plans? Anything? Yep. My wife wants to... uh, do some traveling. Yeah. And so we'll be doing a lot of traveling. On the same end, uh, I've got a – my grandson will be three here at the end of August. So we'll be – I spend a lot of time with him now. We'll be spending more time. Um, my son in the last couple of years got me back involved with uh, uh, duck hunting and, oh, and yeah. geese hunting with something I haven't done in a long, long time. So we um, we have a blind with some other folks, and um, we'll be spending more time doing that. You're uh, going to go out and buy a retriever. Um, my son's got the retriever, um, okay. so I'll let him do that. All right. Uh, um, and but uh, doing that uh, deer hunting, uh, uh, I haven't been elk hunting. Going to do take take that into consideration. So, um, and I'll be real honest. I'll be doing some consulting. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine that. Um, I can't just go from, uh, you know, from 200 miles an hour to, to, uh, to 50. No. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm already uh, looking at some, you know, some things to do part time. Nothing full time. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I owe a lot to my family um, to give back to them for what uh, I've given to the state. I need to give back to them and and make sure um, I can return what the time. Uh, that they've given me to be here back to them. There you go. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Well, I would I would say that uh, we work at an interesting place with challenges, but great opportunity, um, some good excitement, and some things that are very important to the overall preparedness and uh, coordination of the state 
and uh, um, it's it's been fun, and I'll uh, I'll miss it. But you'll get to see it on the news. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I've learned a lot from you already, and I want to thank you personally as well for the help that you've given me when I've come knocking on your door. And uh, I've, I've really appreciated your, uh, your honesty and your humor. Uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, so good luck to you. We'll see you around the halls here for several more months. And uh, until then, hopefully we'll have a, a quiet season and you'll get to uh, walk out the door quietly and with a big smile on your face got a few more months left. Yes, we do. All right. Thanks a lot. Cal OES State Fire Chief Kim Zagaris. Awesome. 30 years. Incredible. Well, whomever takes Kim's office overlooking the State Operations Center will have the benefit of being able to call on him whenever they need advice, guidance, or some historical knowledge. After all, he's got 30 years of time in here at Cal OES, 17 of them as State Fire Chief. He's sort of our Yoda, if you think about it that way. Our Yoda on the verge of retirement. Soon. Will I rest? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that does it for this episode of All Hazards, Our Yoda. And my thanks to Kim Zagaris. Always fun shooting the with him. And many thanks to you as well for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe to All Hazards. You can find it there on iTunes and Google Play. You can also listen to it right at oesnews.com. If you have any ideas or suggestions, we'd love to hear them have any complaints we'd like to hear those as well send them to questions at caloes.ca.gov that is questions at caloes.ca.gov for all of us here at cal oes i'm sean boyd take care and be safe you've been listening to the cal oes all hazards podcast don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Soon will I rest? Yes.